So welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, are you ready to up level? Because today, holy camoly, you're about to go to a next level. Uh, I'm unpacking the five attributes of seven-figure coaches and course creators. These are the five attributes that for me, I've had to learn, I've had to grow as I've gone on my journey to seven and multi-seven figures. And to be quite frank, these are the things that I didn't have when I wasn't uh, in the place that we are right now with our business. And I had many moments where I thought to myself, I don't think I'm going to hit that number. I don't think I'm going to make seven figures. I had so many moments along the journey. And so I completely empathize with you if you're still on that journey uh, and realize that, you know, the goal is to grow as a person, to add more value to the marketplace. And these five attributes help you to do that. And as a result of that, you end up getting paid more money. And so I think this will be really insightful. If you find it helpful, uh, share it with a friend, maybe text a friend. Uh, I know for me, I always listen to podcasts that my friends text me. And so if you find this helpful, text a friend who you know is on this journey as well and share the love because that's the way that the podcast grows. So if you're a new listener, make sure to uh, follow the podcast and uh, let's get into it. Five attributes of seven figure course creators and coaches. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boyd. So let's talk about a few concepts that I think you must understand if you want to move from a six-figure business to a seven-figure coaching business. And these are the concepts that for me, when I reflect on my own journey, and I reflect on the people that I have around me who are doing seven figures, some of them are doing eight figures in their coaching or course creation business. Um, these are the attributes that I notice in them. And what's fascinating is that, is that I know for me, I, I've coached a lot of people and I coach people, I've coached people at all different levels, obviously throughout my career and throughout my journey. And uh, I've, I've noticed that when I meet someone, I can usually tell very quickly the speed at which they're going to grow in their business. And it's based on these attributes that I'm going to take you through right now. And so the good thing about all of these attributes is that you can learn them, you can grow them. Like there's nothing about these attributes that are unobtainable, right? And so when you hear them, I want you to write them down or I want you to ask yourself, are you living based on these attributes if this is something you want to grow, something you want to do? Okay, so the first attribute uh, and how I'm going to frame this is I'm going to frame this from the perspective of this is what, this is kind of the mistake that six-figure or below six-figure business owners make. And then I'm going to share with you the philosophy and like the actions that the a seven-figure coach would do, right? So the first one is this, is uh, people who are not performing at a high level. And this is, and I, and I also make this one last distinction, is that, you know, this whole thing is a journey. 
And we're using money as an indicator and money is an indicator of, of the value you're bringing to the marketplace and what the marketplace is saying that thing is worth. And I just want you to know that for me, you know, it took me probably eight years, eight or nine years to really even get like close to that and, and really kind of hit that. Uh, seven-figure mark. It took me about nine years. And so I want you to realize that that is a journey. You can do it faster. You can do it slower. Uh, and But when I think about it, these I'm going to frame these as when I wasn't at, that le- um, at this level in my business, these were the things that I was like not doing. Does that make sense? And now when I reflect it in, in my business, these are the things that we are doing that has made the biggest difference in terms of growth. And, and once again, money is just one indicator. It's, it's a very clean indicator, but there are other indicators, right, in your business. But, uh, but money is just a very clean indicator to talk about, right? And I know that business is more than money, uh, but it's just an indicator. So let's go, let's go through it like this. And then, um, yeah, have a think about how aligned your current philosophy, thinking, behavior is to these things. So the first one is that if you're not performing at the level that you want to be, or I notice that people are not, you know, really moving forward in their business to a multi-six and seven-figure is because there's not enough intensity or volume. And so what I mean by that is one of the mistakes that that people make that I made. And when I say people, by the way, guys, I've made all these mistakes, right? So there's, there's nothing in here that I'm going to share that I haven't made a mistake with. And so this comes from my own learnings and from noticing other people. But when I think about it, when I wasn't performing at the level that I wanted to, is there wasn't enough intensity. There wasn't enough volume in what I was doing. Uh, for example, someone, you know, I know for me, I noticed with some of my clients, they'll say, Hey, I, I ran one ad. Like they'll say, Colin, we, we ran a launch and we ran one ad and it just didn't perform that well. Or we ran two ads for our webinar and it just didn't perform that well. And we we're paying too much. And in my mind, I'm thinking two ads. So for me, when we run a multi six figure launch or plan for a seven figure launch, I'll have 300 to 400 ad sets going all at once. Now, we're not going to be running them the whole time, but we're testing. We're testing to see which ad is performing the best. In fact, I got a message from my Facebook ads manager in one of our last promotions. And he said that we have just capped out on the number of ad sets that you can run in an entire Facebook account. And he said he'd never seen that before. But that's how many variations, I think it was like 400 or 500 ad set variations that we were all running at the same time in our testing phase. Now, that's not the strategy that we run the whole time, but in the first four days, five days, we're running 300, 400 different ad sets. That means we've produced like probably between eight to eight to 10 videos, uh, images, and then combine with different copy, different headlines. So obviously we're not producing 300 ads, but we're, it's, it's, the com- it's the combination of all of them. So different headlines, different copy, different image, different video. And when, when it extrapolates out, it obviously compounds into a lot of different ad sets, right? When you get all the variations. 
But what I'm saying is, is that if you're not at the level that you want to be at, you're probably not at the volume that you want to be at. I remember this phenomenal story uh, of Alex Hormozzi. He talks about this when he first started his, his gym, his uh, mentor said to him, hey, why don't you do some flyers? And he went out and he did some flyers in his local area and he think he dropped 300 flyers. And he came back and he said, oh, you know, the strategy didn't work that well. It was okay. And the guy was like, well, how many flyers did you put out? And he said, oh, we did, you know, we did 300 flyers. And, he, and the guy goes back and goes, for me, my testing number is 5,000. Like he's like, like, for me, if it's less than 5,000, it's not even a test. I don't even know if it's going to work or not. And so this is what I've noticed uh, people at high levels do is they, they, their level of volume, level of intensity in how they do the thing is just 10 times higher than the average person. And so I want you to think about the level of volume or intensity you bring to something. And if you look at all the people like, you know, I don't know whether you like them or not, but you look at, you know, the people out there, people at a high level, uh, you know, I think about like Gary V, right? What an intense dude. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, you should follow him or anything like that, but he is a, mar he's a true market leader. Look at the intensity he brings to what he does. Now, I'm not saying you have to always be intense, right? Because to be frank, a lot of people meet me and they'll say, oh my gosh, you're like so cruisy. You're like super cruisy. But my wife knows me really well. And there are things that I am so intense about, <laughs> like ridiculously intense. My wife jokes that, you know, my wife has been through some different health challenges in her life. And so she spent some time, you know, in bed recovering. And <laughs> we would joke about the fact that I would pull in my flip chart into the bedroom and start teaching her stuff from the flip chart around ideas that I'm coming up with for the business or for content for workshops and things like that. And she's like, babe, babe, I just want to relax and watch a TV show. Why do you have your flip chart in front of me while I'm trying to relax? And so what I'm saying is, is that I know that sometimes people say, oh, Colin, you're so cruisy, but there is an intensity that I've learned to bring in my business. And especially when we're doing marketing and we're doing conversion events and things like that, there's an intensity that has just lifted at such a high level than what it used to be. I didn't always used to be like that. This is something I've learned. And it comes from this, it comes from a desire to want to do more, to want to help more, to want to produce more and bring more value, right? So the first mistake people make is there's you just not there's not enough intensity, not enough volume, and 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 there isn't enough yeah um, yeah volume in terms of what you're doing. That's the first thing, right? I haven't tried enough things. The second thing that I've noticed is that if you're not making the progress you want to make, it's because your standards are too low. And I'll give you an example of this. For me, when I first started running Instagram. Uh, if you go back in my Instagram, back like all the way back to the start, it was pretty crap. <laughs> now, why was it crap? Because my standards for Instagram at the time were really low. Like I'm like taking photos of my coffee, you know, I'm just taking random photos of me and posting them and I've got, you know, 400 followers and nothing much is happening on my Instagram. And I remember my wife took over 
And she basically created this rule. She's like, babe, you are not allowed to post anything on your feed. Now, I collaborate with my wife on everything that we post on the feed, but she brought a level of, of standard to my Instagram that took it from like 400 followers to the time of this recording. I think we just hit 24,000 followers. And Instagram is an incredible space of leads. Uh, we get tons of leads from that. In fact, I probably, I was looking at our Instagram. I get a follower about every minute at the moment. It's around every minute, every two minutes, I'll get a new follower. And, and the only reason that, that that has grown is because we have lifted our standards on what we produce in that area. And so for me, working with my wife on this, because we discovered several years ago that my wife had this incredible mind for marketing and we didn't even realize it until she started her own account, which is called Resilient Little Hearts, which teaches emotional health to kids. She started that account from obviously zero. Um, and I think at the moment it's at about 250,000 followers. And, and it just exploded. And, and it was really based around like the level of the standards that she brought to that account in terms of what she would or wouldn't post on them is just super high. If you look at people producing amazing stuff, uh, like I look at, look, Mr. Beast, actually, Mr. Beast on YouTube, he talked about this concept of where he said, all he has to do is create a video that's 10 to 20% better. And he was like, you're better off producing one video a week than five videos a week that are crap and one video a week that's amazing. And that's kind of his philosophy. And really what I was learning from this is that in the things that are important in your business, and that would be marketing, that would be sales, that would be how you deliver your, your content, your standards are too low if you're not seeing the result. Now, you can either outsource those standards or you can learn to grow in those standards. So for me, when I think about the workshops that I do, and my wife and I always have this conversation, which is she'll, she'll be like, babe, you're spending so much time on the content of what you're going to deliver in this workshop. So we run a elite uh, implementation program, which essentially teaches coaches and course creators to produce webinars and live presentations that sell their stuff, right? And the goal is to get them above six figures into the multi-six and some of them are even in the seven figure range now. And so, and I work with them, right? In the, in the group and, and I'll, I'll run masterclasses and I'll spend 15 hours, 20 hours on a one hour session for that masterclass for the month or whatever we're doing. Right. And my wife will kind of say to me, she'll like, babe, you're spending so much time on this, but it's because my standards are so high in that area. Does that make sense? Like the, the standards I have when it comes to running a workshop are so high, but when it came to Instagram, they were a lot lower. My, my marketing standards in that area was a lot lower. And I remember I would say to my wife, I'd be, I'd be like, babe, like just post it, just put the post up, it doesn't matter. And she'll be like, no, this is off or this angle is off or this color is off. And I'm like, who cares? It doesn't really matter. But when I think about it, it was actually her standards, the, the, the standards that she's bringing to that, that vehicle that has made it grow. Does that make sense? And so my question is, do you have too low standards 
in the things that are important in your business that would make it grow, which is how you speak, how you communicate your message. Your messaging is a big one. Like this, I know there's a lot of areas, but this is the big thing for me is that if my standards are too low, I would try to find someone who has a lot better standards in that particular area so that when they come in, their standards are reflected in that area. And we've done that recently with our marketing, with our Facebook ads. We've brought in a guy who's phenomenal and his standards are higher than what my standards were in that specific stream. And because of that, it's grown the business. Does that make sense? And so you can either outsource the standard or you can lift the standard yourself. And you've got to work out, do you have a passion for it? If you don't have a passion for it, then maybe you need to outsource the standard by putting someone in place. It's kind of like one way to say it is you've got to let your diva out, <laughs> you know, like being a diva. Uh, I heard that funny story. I can't remember who it was, but it was about one of the celebrities who only wanted blue M&Ms. And, and it's obviously, it's not about being high maintenance, but it's also about being high maintenance, right? You, the, the, you need to be a little bit more high maintenance in that area, <laughs> you could say, right? right? Don't be a douchebag, but just be a little bit more high maintenance. And high maintenance is really like, because you, you, you're wanting to push the standards from that, from that intention. The third thing that I've noticed that stop people growing to the seven-figure mark is just not enough planning. Planning is such a big one. And if, you know, to be really frank, I'm not naturally planned. Like for me, I get up in the morning and naturally I am someone who would go, oh, what should I do today? Right? That's like my, that's my natural default. So I've got habits in place that force me to get really clear on what my focus is for the month. We use a planning system inside of our elite program that essentially helps, uh, help us, helps us to get really clear every 90 days, all the students every 90 days get clear on what their focuses are, what their goals are, what their projects are, all that sort of stuff. It's a 90 day planning system. And so as our business has grown, I've noticed that the level of planning that is needed is significant. And if I reflect back on the first time that I ran a six-figure webinar, it was actually because I decided to plan it as a six-figure webinar. Every other time, I was just like, you know what? I want to do my best. And I was like trying to do my best, which is great. Like that was getting me some momentum. I think we're getting up to around like 45,000, I think was my biggest one. And then I decided, I said, no, I'm going to act and plan like someone who would plan a six-figure webinar. And I remember I planned it and we ended up doing about 154,000 uh, in that first time that I truly planned. So we almost, almost like, you know, we did one and a half times what I wanted to do, what my goal was. But that was because I planned it like that. And so the level of planning now that I bring to a promotion, like if you watch some of these big promotions that people do, where they'll do multi-six, seven-figure, sometimes multi-seven-figure, they're planning those six months 12 months out. Now, the cool thing is, is that once you've dialed that system in, the cool thing is that that, that planning cycle gets shorter. But if you're wanting to bring in uh, affiliates and all different sort of uh, partners into the promotion, then, uh, then usually you've got to plan six to 12 months out. I know for me, if someone asks me to affiliate for something, if it's not six months out, like it's a no. Like, I mean, we've already planned everything out, right? And so I know for me as well, when I reach out to other people, if I'm wanting them to be an affiliate for me, 
usually they need six months, 12 months notice before. It's not like a, hey, next month, could you shoot this out to your audience? No, 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 it's none of that. It's, it's minimum six months. And so I want you to realize the level that people plan at, uh, at that seven figure mark. It, it is, you're a lot more planned in what you're doing. You're a lot more meticulous in your planning. And I'm not naturally planned. So that is something I've had to grow in is something that I've learned. The fourth thing that I think people do that really stop them from growing to the seven figure mark is they just get, they get too attached to failure. So when they fail, they make it mean that they are a failure. They make it mean that they're not going to grow. They're not going to get through. And when I think about my journey to seven figures, there were so many times, like I said, it took me like nine years. There were so many times through this journey where I was like, I don't think I'm going to make it. <laughs> I remember just thinking, I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. All these people talk about it, but I'm not going to do it, right? And it's fascinating how attached we get to failure along the way. I remember a, a phone call that I had from a client when I used to do a lot of corporate training. This was, this was probably six, seven, seven years ago, maybe. I got a phone call from a client and he represented, I would say 50% of my business. And he, he literally canceled his contract over the phone. So there was a contract that he had he was like a big mining client and he canceled about hundred grand's worth of work um, over the phone, just, just right there. And then I had like a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars of work lined up with him for the year. And he just canceled it over the phone. I, I remember thinking, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> my business is over. I'm not going to, I'm not going to move forward, but, but my business is done. I'm absolutely done. And then after a little bit of a pity party, I started to reframe it. And I started to make it mean, no, you know what? This has just created a lot of space for me to get clients that I really enjoy working with because I didn't actually love working with that client all that much. Like it was okay, but there was a lot of things about that that I didn't like. And I reflected on it and I remember just going, you know, you know, you know what? This is the beginning of a whole new season of me of working with the next level of clients, the next level of sophisticated clients, the next level of enjoyable clients. And do you know what happened? Within about a month, I started to load up my calendar, calendar again and things shifted, things changed. And I really stepped into that next level and then my business grew again. And so I want you to realize that along the way, you have to be so careful about the meaning that you place on yourself and on your mission when something doesn't go the way that you want it to go. So maybe a promotion didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Don't make it mean that you're a failure. In fact, I was just coaching a client recently and she ran a promotion and it went well. Like it was still very profitable, but it was about, it was about 60% of what she had a goal of what she wanted it to be. And we, we worked out why that was the reason. But in the phone call, she literally says to me, oh yeah, Colin, we're running the same promotion that we designed together. We're running the same promotion three months from now. Like we've already planned it out. We're already running it again. There wasn't any sort of like, oh, this didn't work. I don't think we're gonna be able to do this again. This is just not great, right? And she could have been like that because she hit like 60% of what she wanted to hit. And that was her baseline goal. She hit 60%. Now it was still profitable, 
but but it wasn't anywhere where she wanted it to be. And straight away, she's like, oh yeah, we're running it again in the next like two or three months. And I was like, oh, amazing. And this woman runs a seven, there's like seven, seven, seven figure plus business, right? A course creation business. And she just goes to me, yeah, oh yeah, we're running it like in two months from now, again. And we're going to tweak it. There wasn't any sort of, you know, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person in the whole world. I'm such a loser because we didn't hit our goals. Like there wasn't any of that. It was a complete detachment from that and from any meaning of failure and just simply like, a, hey, we're going to run this again. It's going to be a lighter promotion from the sense of like, we don't have to do all the work we just did. And we're going to focus more on these areas and we're going to grow, right? And so there's too much attachment to failure at when you're growing uh, when you're growing your business. So, you, so the, the solution is stop making it mean that you're a failure. And I know that that can be difficult and you can have your little meaning at the start. That's totally fine. But, but quickly, you need to reframe it. And some really cool questions are like, what, is this, what does this make easier for next time? What does this make easier for next time? What is this the beginning of, right? The beginning of the next level. How is this a blessing for you right now? Uh, the, the question I really like is, what's great about this happening now? I love that one because you can always reflect and go, you know what? Thank God this didn't happen when we're at the next level because that would have been more challenging, right? So what's great about this happening now as opposed to in three years, right? And so there's this, there's this speed at which you have to move in terms of growth and failure is a part of that. It's inevitable. If you're not failing, it just means you're not trying something new. And so less attachment to failure. That's one of the absolute keys when I look around at the people around me who are doing seven, multi-seven in their business. It, they, they have very little attachment to failure. They just pick things back up and just do it again or do it differently. They just, they just keep iterating, okay? The final thing, the fifth thing that I've noticed that people do at a seven-figure mark is they, they really don't do it alone. And what I mean by that is... They've gotten really clear on what they are good at and what they aren't good at. And they're also very comfortable with the things that they aren't good at. In fact, they're almost proud of the fact that they're so bad at certain things, <laughs> right? So what I mean by that is they've gotten incredibly clear on their strengths and their weaknesses. And the weaknesses they have outsourced They've gotten help, whether that's a virtual assistant or whether that's a local assistant or an employee or a system or AI or whatever it is, right? They're not doing it alone. And they've realized that they need to focus on their strengths, not their weaknesses. And they've gotten clear on those and they're totally okay with them. It's fascinating because I think that in like corporate America, corporate Australia, uh, wherever you are, uh, in the corporate world, there is this idea that you kind of need to be good at everything, right? It's like round out your weaknesses and all that sort of stuff. And in a, in a big corporation, yeah, I can kind of see how that works. But the problem is it just makes you really average, really good average. If you want to be brilliant, you have to realize what your weaknesses are and start to outsource those more and more. And then start to align your strengths to those. I know for us, even in our business with the people who work in our business, for me, I'm always really looking at them going, what are their strengths? What are the things that they're really good at? And how do we hone in more on those 
and start to like take off some of the things that they're not as good at or not as passionate about and start to give them to other people or outsource them or whatever it is. And so, so when you think about your, your uh, journey right now, are you doing it alone? And part of it is the support you have underneath you. And a massive part as well is the, the support you have around you. And so for me, being in other people's programs is so crucial to my growth. I can hand on heart say, I would not be in this position right now in our lives, in our business, if it wasn't for the programs that I've done, the paid programs, the ones that I've invested in. And if I look back along the journey, the ones who stayed the path, who kept on making good quality investments in their own skills and in their networks were the, are the ones who are still around. The ones who didn't, they fell onto the wayside and they dissolved, right? They just kind of, well, they just got distracted. They went on to do something different, which is fine. But I'm just saying, if you want to be in this long term and you want to make some serious money, then investing in yourself, being in a program is absolutely crucial to that. Uh, just recently, I invested in a program that I'm in. It's a, it's a, uh, like a coaching program that I'm a part of. And there was one person in there and we just did a Instagram live with the person. From that one Instagram live, I, we signed about $130,000 of, of um, new clients in seven days from one Instagram live. And that was from a relationship that I made with a person who was in a program that I'm in. And so what I'm saying is that if I had invested in that program and built that relationship, which was key as well, I actually actively built that relationship. Then we did an Instagram live. And then from there, we signed a whole bunch of clients. But what I'm saying is that the relationships that you build with people are so key. And the journey that that creates is so much more enjoyable as well. And so let's just review these five big ideas, these five big ideas. And before I do that, uh, if you are a course creator, you are a coach and you already got an offer, maybe you've been doing this for a year or two years or so, and you're wanting to really start to build something that is a system that you can start to scale up. And especially when it comes to you want to speak more, you want to run webinars, you want to scale up through that way and then put it onto automation. Uh, go to my DMs inside of Instagram and send me the word elite. And I'll be happy to have a chat and just see if you are a right fit to work with us. And if you aren't, that's totally fine as well. But if you are, I would love to help you. Like, you know, unashamedly, I want to help you. That's why, that's why I do this stuff. And so the podcast is amazing and I appreciate you being a part of this. And the next level is, is me actually working with you and working with your business and you working with us and our group. So if you're a coach, a course creator, you've already got an offer, you're already starting to sell it. You've been in the business for a year or so um, and you're wanting to really get some clarity on your strategy and scale up to the multi six, seven figure mark then send me a DM in my Instagram, it's just at Colin Boyd with the word elite, and I will have a chat. It will literally be me personally, right? There's no outsourcing of that. Uh, it's me personally, I'll have a chat with you. And I uh, love to have that conversation. So let's do a quick review of the five things we've covered. The things that stop you from growing to seven figures, not enough intensity or volume. So increase your volume, like pump that up 
sometimes you need to five times it or 10 times what the volume is. Too low standards. And if you don't have a passion for a certain area, outsource it. You can outsource it to uh, overseas, India, the Philippines. Uh, it's a lot, a lot um, economies of scale are a lot better if you outsource over there, or you can outsource it locally as well if you want to have more hands-on and touch with it. But outsourcing stuff is absolutely key if it's too low standards, or do you need to lift your standards? Sometimes you, need, you do need to lift your standards in that area. Not enough planning is a big one. So make sure you're planning, getting really clear on your plans because planning creates profit. Too much attachment to failure. Like if you're way attached to failure, it's just gonna, it's gonna be your Achilles heel. And so it's kind of like, let me just say it really frank, just you kind of got to get over yourself. <laughs> and I say that with love, but it's like, don't make it mean so much about you. It's, it's really not, this is a game. This is something we're playing. It's like an experiment. You just experiment with it. If that doesn't work, cool, that doesn't work. Let's try, try a new way, right? It's not personal and it's not permanent. Uh, so there's too much attachment to fail. That stops you going. And then the final one is trying to do it alone, right? Doing it alone completely by yourself. You will never get to seven figures running a business by yourself. You have to at least have one, two, maybe three employees at least to get to seven figures. And so doing it alone, you're not going to grow at the level you want. And then having, and the people around you, like being in programs, having people around you, that for me has pushed the growth to the next level, right? The employees support the growth. Um, the, the programs you're in really push the growth. And so that's been huge for me. So guys, I trust this has been a blessing. If it has, uh, and you feel like you might be a right fit or love to have a conversation with me, go to my DMs in Instagram. It's just at Colin Boyd, send me the word elite and happy to have a conversation with you. And uh, if you found this valuable, uh, please leave a review. If you leave a written review and take a screenshot of it and send it to my DMs, once again, in Instagram, I'll send you over a course that we normally sell for $197. I'll send that over completely for free so you can have access to that. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening to The Expert Edge and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.